0: The one thing that I believe would work everywhere is fighting, because it doesn't matter what color you are, what country you come from, what language you speak, we're all human beings and fighting's in our DNA, man. We get it and we like it. Hi, Michael Morgan, and welcome to this week's episode of the WOCast, kindly sponsored by The Prospect Apparel. For all your apparel needs... You can find them at theprospectapparel.com. Joining me, as always, is my co-defendant, G from World TV. Hey, Michael, how are you? Um, I'm not really too sure how to answer that. I don't really want to put off our listeners. It might be breakfast time when they're listening to this. And um, I, I really don't want to put anything off. But, but let's just put it this way. I've been, uh, I've been sat on a white throne for the majority of today, and it hasn't been pleasant. So I'm recovering um from what i think was a little bit of a, a of a stomach bug e. uh, apart from that i'm surviving how about yourself i'm doing well i'm still pumped about ufc
1: 241 but i would like to add that if maybe if you had eaten cornbread you would not be sitting <laughs> you would not be sitting on that throne yes sir so cornbread has never well, upset my stomach by the way
0: you you know something uh, your stomach's going to be kind of upset today cuz you're going to be eating crow <laughs>
1: I'm gonna be eating a shit ton of crow. Those were the worst picks of my life. I felt like a casual, but we'll get into it. We'll, you can you can get me today. You got it.
0: Yeah. Speaking of getting into it, this week's episode, we'll be looking back on UFC 241. We're gonna have a special segment, a little bit of a break from the norm this week, in that we're going to be concentrating and having a deeper look at listener feedback listener mail and finally we're gonna unveil this week's motherfucker of the week so first off let's have a look at ufc 241 now i feel as though the drought was actually quenched at the weekend ufc 241 delivered and delivered big time now i want to really concentrate as I'm sure you do, mm-hmm. on the main talking points. And for me, um, that was one hell of a main event. Daniel Cormier taking on Steve Amiocic. The, the revenge uh, was sweet and the revenge was swift. I mean, I have to say, all uh, credit to Daniel Cormier for returning to the scene of the crime. Basically, um, black-on-black crime was committed where <laughs> you know, he previously <laughs> lost to John Jones. Now... He'd actually, um, well, to the keen-eyed of you, he'd actually picked up his first loss at heavyweight. Now, that first round, I've got to say, it kind of... um, What's the word I'm looking for? It set the scene for the uh, preceding rounds because, you know, in it, there was a lot of energy exchange. There was a lot of um, uh, domination, I would say, from um, Cormier, in that I don't know if you noticed, but when he picked up Miocic, now bearing in mind this is in the first round, you'd expect that to have expended a lot of energy. Now, in picking up uh, Miocic, like a small child, it's obvious <laughs> that you know him as a forty-year-old man doesn't have the cardio, doesn't have the stamina, doesn't have the staying power as someone uh, of younger years. Now, albeit that it looked as though he was putting on a show in that when you pick someone up, I mean, really and truly, there was a, a I would say, a delay in actually oh, yeah. slamming on him on his back. It was almost as though, look at me, right. I have the power. Yeah. Some kind of He-Man type of approach. I and um, I personally feel as though that set the scene for what was to actually, um, well, be his undoing. And that is a lot of energy expended, whether it was the takedowns, whether it was the relentless pressure, which he couldn't actually back up in the last rounds. How did you see it? I'm,
1: I'm totally agree with you on this. Um, what I saw was a Daniel Cormier that was, I hate talking like this, but um, I might even go out on the limb and say, was he cocky? Was he overconfident? I mean, it was beautiful in the first couple of rounds that he had Stipe kind of almost confused. It was almost like Stipe wasn't throwing combinations. He looked stunted. He looked confused. And and Daniel was just popping him, elbows, punches, left, right, picked him up, slammed him. And he was shutting Stipe Mm. down. But at the same time, it's like, um, why aren't you wrestling? And why are you eating Stipe's punches? Like you, his hands were down. He was coming forward and his defense was off. And then even that slam, it was, it was beautiful and fun as a fan to watch, especially because I was in a bar. It was like, woo, this is crazy. But at the same time, it's just like, are you showing off? Are you, did you come into this with no respect for Stipe? It, I was, it looked that way. Right? I, I remember at the bar, I was just like, why are his hands down? and why is he not moving his head as much and why why is he not why is he coming forward with his hands completely at his waist and just bringing them up to pop Efe, excuse me pop stipe here and there and that's not really like him like i was just like what and why is he eating these punches and here's another thing about eating punches he was talking mm. about retiring correct He's yeah. yeah, he's older, he's 40, he wants to have a a, a, a you know a good state of mind because he wants to coach and he has children. But why aren't you defending yourself in a championship bout? You know what I mean? Like you're it, you're eating a lot of punches. That's not safe or healthy. I, I was just confused by that because remember Floyd Mayweather even said, the best thing to do in, in boxing is to not get hit, champion or not. So what, what was Daniel yeah. even thinking?
0: You're right, there was an air of arrogance about his whole approach. I mean, even in the run-up, you know, he'd already obviously won in his mind because, you know, he was talking about, you know, what his next steps were going to be. But not only that, he thought he had Mieczek out of there in the first with, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but in the closing rounds, uh, in the closing seconds of the first he was hammer fisting away and looking up at Herb. I saw that. So, you know, Herb, are you going to stop this? You know,
1: this this man's getting hurt. And Herb had to be like, he's fine. Keep going. And I heard Herb say that too. And I was cracking up. And I was like, oh, Daniel, just fight. Like, just, you seem hella distracted. Just fight, you know. And I don't know if you saw the post-conference afterwards. I watched it the day after. And Daniel admitted to, like, I thought I could eat his shots. And his corner was just like, put your hands up. And he mm. did it. He ignored them. He didn't put his hands up. And then at the post-conference, looking all dumb, just, oh, you know, I didn't follow the game plan. And he seemed hella apologetic. But at the same time, bro, like, what are you what are you doing? You don't eat a ton of shots and have no respect for your opponent. And then, hello, Daniel, this is a championship bout. You have so much on the mm-hmm. line. Sponsors, legacy, your health. And then this is a championship bout. This isn't that some amateur fight where you can just fuck
0: around. I was confused. I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling the fact that, you know, Miocic wasn't going to be put out of there quickly. There, this wasn't going to be a replication or, or, or it wasn't going to replicate um, their first meeting together. That shook his confidence. It shook his confidence to an extent where it was almost at every round, you know, in the corner. He was asking, you know, am I losing this? How, how am I doing? He needed, like, um, some kind of bolstering of confidence. And he, for me, from where I was at, he was clearly winning. But... In his Clearly. Mind, he was probably thinking, why isn't this guy going down? There? Why is he still in right. there with me?
1: But, Michael, my thing is like this. If you're starting to have doubts and you need to turn to your corner and ask them if you're winning, why not resort to the game plan? Wrestling? Why not protect yourself? Why let him rack up on points as he's, he's catching you with shots with your hands down? It just it made no sense to me whatsoever what i was watching well initially i was like wow daniel's just gonna you know beat this guy up because he shut stipe down but
0: yeah big time oh
1: my god and i guess probably that's why he thought he had it in the bag because i'm not gonna front i'm talking mad shit but i thought he had it in the bag at the bar somebody was like who picked stipe huh Look at this. <laughs> and I bust out laughing, and I and I didn't raise my hand. And remember, I picked DC because in his last mm. fight, he took the fight serious, knocked him out in the first round. He didn't really come out like that this time. He came out arrogant, winning the fight, of course, but look what happened. Look what Stipe did. It
0: was clearly... There was clearly a lack of respect for what Stipe brought to the table. And I think that was partly um, a way of actually trying to unravel Stipe Miocic and his, his confidence. But it kind of backfired, and it backfired, I feel, in a big way. Because to be questioning where you are on the scorecards, to be questioning how you're doing in the fight, he obviously wasn't that supremely confident.
1: No, and and then all you did was become – well, all Daniel did was become somewhat predictable. So what happened was is that Stipe's like, okay, let me just adjust my game plan if you're just going to walk forward and not wrestle me and just throw these shots at me. No problem. I'll hit the body over and over again, and I'll get you to drop your hands. And as soon as you do that, I'm coming over the top, and that's what happened. And that is one of my favorite things in MMA is when you see a fighter – Go in there with a game plan. It goes right out the window and they adjust. Yeah. It's beautiful.
0: It's beautiful. It was a beautiful adjustment because those body shots were connecting over and over Over What was again. it? Four
1: or five in a row. And then finally one of them had DC wincing. And then what happens? He goes right over the top. You want to drop your hands now because I'm hitting the body? How about I just hit you right in the face with this right? And then the flurry came and it was gorgeous. And that's just smart. Mm. That's fight IQ. That
0: That's just that. It's gorgeous. Go ahead. That 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 was a, a masterclass in how you actually adapt and how you actually change your game plan on the mm-hmm. fly. Because no doubt, uh, Miocic went in there with a particular um, route to victory, but it looked as though and it wasn't you know, working. <laughs> well, exactly, exactly, and and to do that with the confidence that you know, just listening to your corner, just listening mm-hmm. to you know your your, your own and not sense giving up. Of, um, yeah, mm-hmm. your own sense of what is going to be your key to victory, based on the fact that you could see, you could quite clearly see that Cormier was blowing. Either his arms were burnt out, because I was thinking, why is why is his hands so low? Mm-hmm. Hold, now, hold that, that thought. That makes me think the whole. Hold
1: that thought thing. before you break that down, because I've got some good okay. good questions that we need to break down about his hint hint cardio and and stuff like that. So let's not dive too deep into why because i really want to catch you fresh with these questions okay for the listener questions but you know keep that in the back of your mind because we are going to discuss cardio and and what happened a bit more detailed later on for the listener questions i got some good ones for you mike
0: Mm -hmm. and sticking with cardio the fact that you know nate diaz Mm. and anthony pettis um saw a three-round, I would like to call it a war. It was definitely, they were definitely on the A-game. We, we didn't see um, Anthony Pettis take a back step. I personally feel as though Nate Diaz doesn't know what ring rust is. He returned in a soldier-like fashion, proving that, you know, ring rust is just a word to him. It's not an actual thing.
1: Oh, yeah. And, and to be honest with you, I will say this initially, the first minute of the first round, I thought I saw some ring rust. He just looked different to me. And I just was like, again, he adjusted immediately. And the reason why he looks so different, because I got the deets after the fight. I watched the conference. Nate said that he warmed up Backstage, as if it was a yeah. five rounder, so that he could come out already kind of like firing, firing because he's used to fighting mm-hmm. at the five rounds. But he wasn't used to doing something like that, he's used to five rounds. So that's probably what I saw when I was like, Why is he kind of sluggish or whatnot? But again, the way he faced adversity to have three years off to kind of warm up in the back like he was fighting and to come out already in the third round and then to adjust because he was tired and still come out on top it was just amazing I love when fighters adjust their game plans I love it but yeah it was a war definitely
0: oh big time and Yo R- Romero and Paula Costa I have I- gotta admit I had big hopes for Yo Romero and I yeah, have to me keep too. reminding myself he's 40 and change if I look like that you know even a a a kind of like you know shadow of what he looked like, man, I'd be pleased. how does he manage to maintain that physique that frame? In his 40s.
1: It's got to be, like, genetics. And he's probably been working out since he's, like, three months. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's just came out of there just in shape maybe. Just, I don't know. And I think it's his work ethic. I listened to, like, a GRE podcast of, of Joe Rogan. Mm. And he described mm-hmm. what he went through in Cuba as far as wrestling. And it sounded really, like... Almost like jail, but not really. Like, it was tough. Like, I was like, damn, this is what they do for wrestlers in Cuba? This shit ain't no joke. And it, and to him, it just seemed like a, another day at work. But it, it sounded so strict and tough. And I don't know. And, he, and then, you know what? I bet you when he's not fighting, perhaps he's eating well and still exercising. Perhaps, you know
0: what I mean? Perhaps it's a lifestyle. Because
1: the man just looks wonderful
0: at, at his yeah, age. Yeah, I have. I- i i i i have to say you know hats off to yo romero because um you know he's a specimen of a man and um, yeah. one of the things which i i i noticed which would for me was new the whole you know having fun in there and poking his tongue out and you know taunting yeah trying to uh, fake uh, him like out too like pointing yeah. somewhere <laughs> and and the knockdown for knockdown approach as well it was relentless I would say you know one of the highlights of this card was just the fact that you know you had two I would say poster boys for the UFC in the way that you actually look after yourself maintain your body but not only that approach fighting it was just incredible to watch that exchange that back and forward you know you you, I, I personally feel I could see why Romero was Obviously, you know, feeling as though he'd he'd done enough because of all the it was close the, the back and forth yeah. and the takedown, but really and truly, I I, I wasn't mad that you know Paulo Costa won.
1: It's so funny because I was out and about at a bar, and with other UFC mm. fans, and when I watched it there with a couple of beers and some friends it it was a different experience and i thought i immediately i was like yo I was robbed and then the next day i watched it quietly by myself no i i thoroughly believe costa they, they i think they got it right i think um costa got one and two he started to fade and then in the third round, Yol turned it up and he won that round. And I don't I don't think the takedown at the end was enough. It was great, but not enough. But I do agree with you on this. When that first round, three minutes and forty seconds in, Michael, they dropped each other. Costa drops yeah, Yol, and then Yol drops Costa, and then they fell to the floor, and immediately I sat mm. up like we got ourselves a fight. You know, and it and it went on and on and they went back and forth, tongues sticking out, blood, you know, coming out of um Costa's mouth. He's never gone three rounds, he's never gone the distance. And here's another thing. That kid Costa can take a punch. He was eating them, getting dropped, getting back up. Like he's got a hell of a chin, and then he kicks Yol in the face and Yol's like, Yeah, whatever, and keeps coming forward like I was yeah. I was just like what's happening here? Y'all don't feel these kicks and punches to y'all faces and bodies? Like <laughs> nobody's wincing, nobody nobody cares? It doesn't hurt? I just I couldn't believe it.
0: it. It was everything a fan could ask for. One of the intriguing things, you know, which actually came out of UFC 241 is, you know, what's next for those three winners? Mm-hmm. And there are some real exciting prospects on the horizon. I mean, Paolo Costa, um, what I liked about Dana White is the fact that he's paying, he said, out of his own checkbook, out of his own bank account, um, a plane ticket for Paula Costa to be um, cage side when Robert uh, Whitaker takes oh, on. Oh, yes. Um, Uh, Adesanya Mm -hmm. now I I love the the prospect of you know Costa facing even man I have to say that is going to be an incredible showdown when that actually happens but what I liked about Nate Diaz Mm -hmm. is the fact that you know he didn't really go the obvious route what a lot of people were anticipating he would say was okay it's it's the trilogy it's me and you McNuggets or it's me and you McGregor No, he went completely left field and said, where Jorge Masvidal at? I love that. I love the fact that, you know, he was looking at who's hot, who's really going to give him, um, well, who's going to really give him a a fantastic payday, who's actually um, competing right now, who is the hottest name, and he's going after that. Similarly, you know, what's next for Steve Miocic, The, the fact that, you know, on the horizon... He has got some serious, I think, some um, serious competition in um, Francis Ngannou. I I really do feel that should be what they put before him next. Oh, yeah. And I think that's the allure
1: of this fight card is that there's so many puzzles and pieces to put together even after such excitement because everybody has somebody to fight next. We all have somebody in mind and they're all important matches. You understand? And for me... Um, to touch up on Pettis and um, Diaz, I think Diaz called out Masvidal because one, that is the most relevant fight he should take right now, and it gets him one
0: hundred percent, and it
1: gets him in title contention. It's very smart. It's not just mm. oh, I want to fight the best gangster. That's him selling the fight and being Nate Diaz. But what he's actually doing is setting himself up for a title shot. If he takes Masvidal's momentum away and and beats him, you have to you have to give him. To, to Kobe Covington or Usman or whoever wins that fight. You kind of have to because Masvidal's knocking on that door. So it's very strategic and smart to call that out. It's also a money mm. fight. And then Masvidal's the hottest thing out right now, baby. Like, you're going to get paid and you're going to take his momentum. Why, why would you call well, out Conor well, McGregor?
0: Yeah, but what's going to happen to our boy now? I mean, yet again, the stepchild, the stepson, the the the, the black sheep of the family, Basically, Leon Edwards has to take a back seat while someone else takes his dance partner. What is that about? I mean, really and truly, where's the justice? Um, There will be no justice because, unfortunately, this (laughs) is...
1: No, I'm just going to keep it real. I feel so bad for that baby because... There is no justice because the problem with Leon is that this is also like an entertainment business. And the problem yeah. is is that fans are not clamoring for Leon to fight these guys. His name's not in the mix because it's like either they can't connect with him because of his personality or because he just shuts people down and doesn't really knock people out or his, his, his fights are very strategic and precise. They're not...
0: And very technical. And very
1: technical. And then you, mm. that doesn't appeal to casuals, new viewers. And then, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel terrible for him because he's just as worthy as all these other people, but he's not in the mix. Like, he's not a part of the drama. When he gets the mic, he just calls Masvidal a weasel. Meanwhile, you have Nate Diaz like, I'm the baddest motherfucker, and I want to, you know, fight for the baddest motherfucker award or some shit. That, that gets people yeah.
0: into it. You know, It gets people hyped, it gets people excited, and you're right, it is entertainment. People do like characters, and Nate Diaz, his character shines through, as does Jorge Masvidal. So, you know, as much as I love my brother Leon, my Jamaican brother Leon, I personally agree with, you know, the next fight up being Masvidal versus Diaz. But, somewhere down the line, Leon has got to be in the mix. His, well, he's, he's got to get his chance to yes. get his uh, free piece of jerk chicken and uh, and a bigger grain. Right. Because really, really and truly, that story, there is a narrative there, but I don't think it's going to be right now.
1: It's not fair because Leon deserves his beef patty and cocoa bread. He really does. Like he really, <laughs> he re- <laughs> listen, I know about Jamaica, you know, I'm Haitian. So, oh. you know, you know, I know a little bit about the islands, but he, 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 th- I feel bad for him and he deserves it like he's in the mix. That's probably the wrong thing to say, but he needs to be right up there in the crowd, you know, getting called out and whatnot. And and, and it's just I don't see that for him. But what I like about Leon is that he don't give a fuck. He's going to beat up whoever they put in front of him whenever they put in front of him. So his time will come. You can't ignore him either.
0: You can't. Yeah, but I I, I mean, it just begs the question. I mean, what else does he have to do? I I hear what we're saying and I Mm -hmm. I really do feel as though, you know, this sport, particularly, you know, the way in which the UFC operate, it is more geared towards entertainment than anything else. So I I get that. But my brother has eight fights deep. Facts. I mean, how many more wins Facts. does he have to rack up? He has
1: a loss to the champion. That's it. That's nuts. Like, <laughs> like the only person to beat him is Usman, and that's the champion. You have a grudge match right there. But, you know, it's, it's, this is the bullshit that I complain about. You got to be a Henry Cejudo. You got to be a cringe king. You got to be a dickhead. You got to punch somebody on the side. Leon might want to spice it up a bit. You know what I mean? You know, he, but he, how much
0: more spicy can he be, and, you know, and how much more out of character can we expect? What what can we expect from Leon? Because really and truly, um, as you probably heard mm-hmm. from the last episode, he isn't the squeakiest hinge. And that's why he's not getting the grease.
1: Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I I don't think, even though... He's not spicy and he's not, you know, out there the way in which this entertainment company wants him to be. But they cannot ignore yeah. him. You'll see him. You'll see him. They'll put him in the mix somewhere. He'll fight one of these people and you'll see. I su- like you can't ignore him. You, ca- you can't just be like, oh, he's not Rafael Sal. Put it that way. He's not that like, oh, yeah, let's just ignore all these wins in a row. Leon's got you know like they did they did Raphael so dirty but they're not gonna do that to Leon but it's just unfortunate that he's not like a hot commodity and I blame it on this entertainment bullshit that's why you got Henry Cejudo coming out of women's bathrooms trying to fight Valentina it, it it's all for the entertainment value and for them to get bigger checks and the better fights that's it and it's sad sometimes you know
0: I mean and in terms of, um, you know, what's next for Stipe, did you agree with what I basically put forward and that would be Francis Ngannou or did you have your own um, person waiting in the wings?
1: I am I am not opposed to the trilogy and I'm also not opposed to Francis Ngannou. I just hope everybody understands that I don't think Francis Ngannou has showed enough improvement in the wrestling facet. So I'm not that like pressed to see it. I wouldn't mind. You know what I mean, but I I wouldn't mind seeing the tr- um, the trilogy. But I can go either way, because that's what's so much fun about all these fights we just saw. Everybody has a plan A or a plan B. There's you know there's so many options for them. Do you know what I mean?
0: The only thing that yeah, the only thing that worries me though about you know you actually talking about a trilogy between you know Cormier and Miocic is the fact that what else has he got to prove? Look, he's an established broadcaster. He's got as much money uh, as he'll ever need. And he's accomplished so much. I mean, being a two-weight division champion as well. But the thing that really, I mean, I I say this all the time, I would never urge a fighter to retire. It's obviously for them to obviously make that call. But I really do feel that, Um, a lot is going to ride on what his family actually decide because ultimately they're the ones who are actually going to have to care for him in that he'll be psychologically broken if it doesn't go his way and he has to actually, well, be the type of fighter who be looking at, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda Mm -hmm. and uh, what could have been instead of, you know, leaving on, I feel a high. Look, they're one apiece now and I think that, is a massive achievement and he's got two belts from two different divisions that is another achievement but also he's got such a bright future from a broadcasting point of view he is such an accomplished considering he's had no formal background or formal training in broadcasting he is a natural He's a bit like you actually but the way yeah, i look at you. it is there is no real reason for him to actually step back in that octagon i think you know, he's got nothing to prove.
1: He's got nothing to prove, but let's think about that for a second. This is the man that mm. um, came out cocky as all hell, hands down, um, ran around with somebody on his shoulder, slammed him down, and then eventually lost in the fourth round for being cocky. You really think he, he's going to sit with one and one That's, Like, it, this sounds like a lot of machismo, a lot of ego. And something just tells me that one-on-one one with those two belts— And his cocky-ass performance, he's going to want to, he's going to want to, he thinks he's better than Stipe. He's going to want a trilogy, I think. But like I said, I got some questions for you, and we're going to get into this a bit more in depth. Ah. But before I I do that, because I'll go into in-depth more about why, if he should retire or not with the questions. But I will Mm. say this. I did like that he did not make a decision out of emotion, kind of like what i said about alexander gustafsson immediately yeah, he said yeah. let me go home talk to my wife i love that i cannot stand when like alexander the way he retired bothers me and i still think he's coming back never make it even for myself Never make a decision out of emotion because every time I do, I regret it. And I love that he was like, let me talk to wifey. They're probably going to go over the finances, his health, his options, and she's going to help him make that decision. That's what you do. And I like that because me and you can't tell them when. We're not in their pockets. We don't know them. So let Mm. him and wifey decide.
0: I can hear you're chomping at the bit. You're eager to get the listener mail on the table. So, yeah, let's uh, segue into listener mail. Okay, I got a whole bunch here, and shout out to MMA Twitter for, like, sending me
1: so many, and I'm so excited. So let's start with um, Screws Fashion, and um, it's, this person is at S-A-T-O-D-E-L-A, Cruz. And the question okay. is, Mike and Gina, who should Pettis
0: fight next?
1: Mm, that's,
0: that, that makes me feel... Considering he's coming off a loss, considering McGregor is coming off a loss, why not Conor McGregor?
1: Uh, That sounds great. I would love that. Who do you think wins that, by the way?
0: Definitely McGregor. I just feel in terms of pace, in terms of um, style and strikes, I don't feel that um, Anthony Pettis has the striking style style to keep up with the relentless pace of Conor McGregor. I would say within the UFC, I really do feel that um, Conor McGregor has superior boxing. His boxing style, his boxing prowess, the way that he sets up shots, the way that he's able to you know, come in from different angles is just unprecedented. I just feel as though he is the superior striker. And it would be a fight that's contested mainly on the feet. I would say, you know, 99.9% of it will be contested on the feet. So I can't see there being a winner apart from McGregor. But I just feel that the excitement could be built up again, you know, for e- each fighter. And their stock would obviously rise as a result of that. But I really do feel McGregor versus Pettis would be an incredible Match up.
1: i think so too and i kind of agree with that and i the reason why i like that fight is because keep giving Pettas stand-up fighters and like strikers and let him have fun remember he mentioned in an interview he's done chasing the title of if, if it happens it happens but he just wants to have fun so let him have fun with other strikers so my answer yeah. to that question don't knock me for this i have two if darren till does not move up to middleweight give him Anthony Pettis. Let them let them bang it out. But I think Darren Till wants to go to middleweight cuz I think that's just two strikers. They're both coming off a loss. Why not? And then my second one, you might not like this one, but I th- Okay. I th- why not Vincent uh, Luque? Another striker, another person on a tear right now. That's going to give Pettis, you know, a striking battle. And he wants uh, Wonder Boy Thompson, but why not give him Pettis? That's a name too. So, and I'm down for both. Like I said, I want Pettis to fight a striker. I don't want him to fight a wrestler. I want to see him bang it out and fight. So, I'm I'm happy with those those anyone that's a striker. But I would love to see him maybe Darren Till. That'd be kind of cool. Darren Till's not gonna wrestle yeah. him.
0: <laughs> That, that, that's just it, though. I like that. I love that suggestion. But, you know, Darren Till has made it very, very clear he's got his eye firmly on the middleweight division. But not only that, I really do feel that, you know, him trying to make welterweight again, I don't want to see that. You saw the video that was doing uh, viral numbers or, or doing the oh, rounds. Oh, it was horrible. And um, it was a horrendous sight to see. So. Darren at middleweight, I think is better suited than Darren at welterweight.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's sort of, you know, if, if, if he was to stay, I would like to see that. But he's definitely better suited at middleweight. And that video, that viral video of him cutting weight was just frightening. Like, I don't want to see that, you know. It was, it was horrid. Yeah.
0: It's horrendous. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah.
1: So let's see. Let's see what the next question should be. This is from Fighting with Myself podcast. He said, "Okay, would you rather see Diaz versus Masvidal or Diaz versus
0: Connor 3? Ooh, ooh. Mm-hmm. You see, based on what I said previously, just looking at this question specifically, it's a tough one because. I want to see that trilogy. I so badly want to see that trilogy, but I just like the momentum that both men now have. The fact that you know Diaz, obviously coming off such a long layoff, Diaz coming off such an incredible win, Diaz with uh, what would essentially be um, him and Masvidal both selling the fight through verbal sparring. I just want to see that. But at the same time, I want to see closure in that. Diaz and McGregor are one apiece. If you had to, or if I had to choose and gun to head, it would be, I, I have to I have to say, it would be Masvidal Diaz.
1: Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that. And I kind of understand where you're coming from, too, because I can watch Diaz versus Conor th- 3 any day, any time. Because we just know that they're both going to bring it, and it's a hard fight for both of them. So we know we're going to be—it's it's almost going to be like— Um, Costa and yo we just know that they're going to fight to the death so how could you complain Mm -hmm. about that but I want to ride this Masvidal um, momentum with Diaz I like the call out I like how they match up you know, Masvidal's got the better wrestling, but at the same time, Diaz can su- submit someone from the ground. That's always a problem. Like, his jiu-jitsu is very high level, and then they both can strike. So it's like, I, I'm not even ready. I have to analyze them some more myself. I can't even call that fight, and that intrigues me. And, it's, and we're riding a wave. Diaz just came back. Masvidal's hot on fire right now. Why not put those two people together? Conor's at home yeah. drinking proper 12 and, and acting crazy. So let him be, you know? So mm-hmm. what, what I
0: like about the whole um, Diaz versus Masvidal as well is the maturity of Diaz. Did you notice there wasn't any clowning? There wasn't any messing around on Saturday. Diaz was all about business.
1: Oh, yeah, and he was promoting his CBD, which was a business move. Mm. And again, yeah. what I like about Diaz is that it's this. He promotes himself. Because this is the entertainment business. So he came out like a gangster. Everybody thought he was smoking weed. Guess, guess what? He wasn't. <laughs> he was smoking CBD, which is legal, and also one of his side businesses. So smart to get yeah. people talking and spreading rumors about him. Because I saw so many people mm. on Twitter like, he's a piece of shit smoking weed at the thing. And then you saw other people, smokers, like, yeah, that's my dude. That's that's how that yeah, the smokers were like unite, but that's how you get people talking and then at the same time, no, it wasn't weed. That's my side business. Very, very fucking smart. You know, you have yeah, you have and this is what I mean about Leon. You've gotta incorporate this entertainment business aspect of it if you wanna get out there. And Nate Diaz is doing that with what he did at the I couldn't believe it. I was like, Is he smoking a blunt? Oh wow. (laughs) Okay, Nate. I know that's right. You're going to, you know, hit the pads high. Go ahead. Do you. But you better win, <laughs> you know. Mm. Okay. You ready for the next one? Take it away. Okay. This is from, um, I don't know if you've heard of this person. Her name is a G-Spot MMA. <clears throat>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, did you see the video of Conor McGregor slapping an older gentleman in a bar? And part two of this question is, why do you think Connor, the, the Marvel villain that sells whiskey, has, has replaced Mystic Mac? Like, what do you think is... What's going on with him? Why do you think he's acting like this? And where did Mystic Mac go? Like, what's happening with him? And did you see the video?
0: I saw the video. Mm-hmm. And um, the first thing to say is, this video is old. People Facts. are talking about this like it just came out the other day. This is... In April, where it looked like for a while that Connor was on a tear. It was almost as though he was running wild and um, shooting up the town. I mean, literally going from place to place and um, right. partying hard. But looking at that video, mm-hmm. I'm not a Connor apologist. But what did that old man say to actually get him so riled up that, It looked as though he threw the drink over him, but a lot of people were saying that, you know, he clocked him with a left hook. Now, the video is not that pristine in terms of clarity. So I personally am going with he threw the drink over him. But who's to say what was actually said? He might have said something against his family. I know there are certain trigger words for me that, you know, I'm just a a general Joe Public, but it would actually make me throw hands. So who's to say what was actually said? Like I keep saying, I've got to underline this. I'm not actually uh, an apologist. A Conor McGregor apologist, Good. but you don't know the ins and outs of that actual scenario. But in terms of what's happened to Connor, I don't think anything's happened to Connor because this isn't an overnight happening. This was way back in April when, you know, it seemed, as I mentioned earlier, that, you know, he was um, out of control. On, a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
1: Interesting. I'm glad that you said you're not an apologist because a lot of people on Twitter try to discuss like that aspect of things. And I I, I will admit I was one of those people like, uh-uh, I don't think so. And here's my point of view on Conor McGregor slapping an older gentleman in the bar. I, okay. I kind of feel like it doesn't really matter what that man said to him. You know what I mean? To me, there's just no excuses for one being in the limelight and. Slapping, you're like, all eyes on you, Connor. You're, you're multimillionaire. You're rich. There's like rape allegations. There are allegations of illegitimate children you're not taking care of. You slammed a phone. You're high in a tree. I've, I've heard so many things. At what point do you like tone it down? And he's a trained fighter. Like, why are you hitting? strangers in a bar like that to me there's nothing that person could have said you have to one be smarter and two it's just wrong there's right and there's wrong you know what I mean like I've been disrespected and I kind of know I can't wax this older lady's ass now <laughs> now um in my younger day and somebody around mm. my age I might have I might have gotten to a fight But now that I'm older and I'm not hitting an older person and it just seems like he's out of control and entitled. And I don't really care if the video was back in April, like get a hold of yourself. And the reason why I asked you this question is because I don't like um, the Marvel villain that we have from Ireland that sells whiskey now. Like I miss Mystic Mac, like I miss the journeyman and I really wish we could get him back. It just really sucks. I don't know if it's fame money drugs or just he doesn't need to fight but it's like i really miss the guy that went out there and just dropped somebody with a left hand and then put ireland on his back and was like we gonna do this you know what i mean and he's not funny anymore either he's like really mean (laughs) you know so
0: i i don't i I don't know yeah i'm curious you said that you know you wouldn't be triggered to anger in such a way that you would retaliate with let's just say no one has actually confirmed that he hit that old man I mean from where I'm sat still it looks as though he threw the drink over him but really my my question to you Mm -hmm. is are you telling me that there are no trigger words for you that wouldn't make you quick to anger and quick to throw hands none there
1: are But I'm a different type of beast. And here's a fun Mm. fact. I'm former law enforcement. I'm former law enforcement. So when I, even though it seems like I'm really sensitive on Twitter because I go back and forth with people, but in real life, and especially when I was a police officer, Mm. you are held to a higher standard. And when you get out your car, when you're patrolling, people hate you. Everyone hates you. The impoverished African-Americans hate you. Um, um, Liberals hate you. Rich white people hate you. All you hear is pig this, dyke this, da-da-da-da-da. You develop a thick skin. So perhaps I'm being like too hard on him and perhaps I'm holding him to the same standard that I held myself is that you should be used to this, Connor. You're in the limelight. If Connor was I'm to throw so a drink on me, I would fall out yeah. on the ground and get rich. And me and you are probably going to travel some. I'm be like, "Yo, we got this money." <laughs> Is he? He doesn't know that. He doesn't know that. But you see, he could see, sneeze I'm on glad. me, Michael, and
0: I'm out. I'm glad that you provide that context, though, because you have been trained and trained yes. as a specialist to avoid conflict, and you have conflict management and I've wanted skills to. more than the layman mm-hmm. or or lay So I'm not negating what you are saying, but there is context where you're coming from in that one, you're former law enforcement. You are an ex cop. Right. You have had specific training in how to deal with conflict. And the fact is, your normal layperson doesn't have that formal training. Doesn't have those. Those experiences, right. But there you go. I was abused day in and day out. I got used to it. I was about to say, (laughs) I was about to say that, you know, I can imagine that that pace was relentless in terms of abuse. I can imagine. After a while, you don't even hear it. Yeah, it
1: has to be when you're in a bad mood or you have a fight with wife. It has to be like you're already showed up at work mad. And then somebody says, you don't have nothing better to do, you dyke bitch. That's when you're like, hold up. But then you have, like your partner will hold you back. Somebody gets in your ear like, Gina, you know what I mean? And I'm thinking, Mm -mm. I'm putting Connor in that, not that he's trained as a police officer, but he's in the limelight. You don't know to relax. You just crushed somebody's phone and probably had to pay them off. He's paying people off left and right. At what point do you not... Like this old man don't want your drink and maybe said something. At what point do you say, fuck you and walk away? You know, like, or maybe I'm being too hard. I'm holding him to a standard. Maybe I don't know the guy, you know, maybe he has Mm. a a worse temper than me. Maybe he was high. Maybe the guy said something about his children.
0: You're right. You never know. But exactly. And and let's just put this again into context. And let's just remember that, you know, we don't know how many times a day that happens to economic yeah, disrespect on you. people taking yeah, yeah that i can relate to liberties yep. out and out liberties and he hasn't had that training in terms mm-hmm. of conflict resolution and really and truly it does get pretty intense being in the limelight either you're reading terrible things about yourself which aren't yeah. true i mean a lot of the things that a lot of people have been talking about recently are allegations nothing yeah. has actually been, been confirmed found to be true right. or confirmed so you have to put it in context really from where he's coming from and where he's sitting but again i just want to underline just make sure that people get or don't actually get this twisted i'm not apologizing for what he did oh I'm no not a kind of apologist but you're not coming off that way either context here. yeah
1: you're not coming off that way. I think you're being objective, which is important because you always have to put yourself in that person's shoes, even if it's something that you don't agree with or you don't care for. Exactly. It's, it's critical thinking, you know? You have to see mm. things from someone else's perspective to try to understand and meet in the middle. So that's what I think you're doing. You're not I saw the apologist on Twitter. Trust me, <laughs> you're not doing that. <laughs> there were some things I saw on Twitter that was ludicrous and I even tweeted, you can be a fan of this man and not condone what he did. And I'm and here's yeah. another thing, I don't give a fuck if he threw a drink or a punch. It was wrong. So the whole mm-hmm. bat oh it was a drink. You want somebody throwing a drink on your grandfather? Like no. Or on yourself. Put yourself in that man's shoe. That man did not want to drink, so that meant throw a drink in his face. And so, what if he was like, Man, fuck you? You know what I mean? Like,
0: <laughs> I, I, that's
1: just me, but I think you're not, for the record, you do not sound like an apologist. I saw the apologist, and it was sad. Mm, mm, so, mm. that's a whole nother conversation, but. Let's um I got a question from somebody that wants to talk about Romero and Acosta. You ready for this one? Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is a new follower. I'm not familiar with this person, but thank you for putting in a question. Hopefully you're a new listener as well. His name is Easy fifteen fifty one sixty nine sixty one, whatever that means. Shout out to you. Wow. <laughs> right. Like any
0: that's, that's numbers there. Yeah.
1: And okay, easy. All the numbers. Right. Easy said you're gonna have all these numbers. Okay. So Easy said and give you some um, background. I tweeted just finished watching Costa and Ye- Yo, and I finally admitted that Costa faded a little, and I thought Co- Costa won. Excuse me, I'm saying his name wrong. I thought he won. So he asked me, mm. "Do you think Romero should have taken this fight more seriously?" What do you think, Mike?
0: I think he did take it seriously. Okay, he was having fun in there. There was lots of you know poking out of the tongue, but. Come on. I mean, that knockdown would show you every bit of, um, you know, Yo Romero was taking this seriously in terms of the way that he looked in there. I mean, I would go as far as to say that was one of his best performances that we've seen inside the cage. Now, again, providing context, this is a guy who has got a major payday coming to him. Why would he? even need to step into the octagon given what you know he's going to have landing in his bank account so I personally felt that he looked as good as I've ever seen him before this how about you
1: um, yeah I don't I think he did take it seriously I think what he was doing was conserving his energy um, he's a big guy and he's been doing this for years he can't just come out and blast the guy he's gotta be strategic and remember you fight IQ is very high so he he's that guy that can adjust in the in the fight but he's got to read you a little bit and he's got to conserve his energy and he's got to figure you out you can tell he had to feel costa's power you could tell who okay this guy because costa did a lot of forward pressure so y'all had to adjust to that like okay this guy's gonna come at me this whole fight what do i do so i think he was taking it seriously and to the point that he even tried to fake the guy out he was pointing left he was doing that's taking things seriously i just think that um that's Yoel's fighting style, is to turn it up as the rounds go on further because he's figuring that guy out. And I, I tell you this, Michael, if it was a five-round fight, Yoel would have won. And there are people saying that Yoel run the fight. There are people that don't agree with me and you, Mike, no matter what you say. So in some mm. people's eyes, Yoel won that fight. <clears throat> but I say this for the record. Five-round fight, he would have won. Costa was fading. <laughs>
0: So. But let's not take anything away from Costa. No, like, he did a really, brilliant performance. Absolutely mesmerizing. And, um, you know, all credit to him. He was just the better fighter on the day. Absolutely. And, and let's have also um, a, a, a little bit of a, of a backward glance in the mirror to how close that fight actually was.
1: Oh, absolutely that fight was a back and forth barn burner and like i said Mm. i'll say it again costa's chin needs to be discussed and then he he matched yo he was just as muscular just as aggressive and 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 was eating his shots and hitting him if not harder than yo was hitting him it was amazing and and Mm. one more thing about costa he fought so well that if you gave him a title shot, I'm not going to say nothing. I'm I, I I'm like he looked like a a someone ready to fight for the you know, for the title. So, if 100%. you give him that title shot, me, you and most fans are not going to complain even if there's people before him.
0: I'm really hoping that, you know, after the fight, that immediately after the fight, they tested Palacosta's Costa's chin for signs of concrete because the amount of damage that he took and just kept on coming forward as though it was nothing, like you say, it was nothing short of incredible.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But here's, um, I, I have a very, th- like, interesting question. I'm going to merge them because it's like, we're going to just make this all one big thing so it's from okay. um Phil the MMA dude my home girl I love this girl KGB notorious and my new okay. and then my new favorite follower Natra Man United it's so funny me and him had a little thing I I, I made a man joke and he took it uh, uh, personal but we made up <laughs> no but why did we make up and that's my dude I love him um so the 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 the, the compound question is all of mm. all of them seem to think that well Phil said DC looked mentally unfocused, okay? Um K- Wow. yes, yes, here's what KGB had to say. It looked like he was slowing down even before the breath-stealing body shots. <laughs> <laughs> and then Natra, my favorite new follower, said this was interesting. This is a fun fact. He said off a basis of 3 fights, DC versus Jones 1, DC versus Gus, DC versus Stepe 2. All three times, D.C. faded in the championship rounds, and twice his opponents had the ability to take advantage and secure a win. All three of them want to know, does D.C. have an issue with cardio?
0: 100%. You could see... Um, as the fight actually wore on his cardio was fading I mean I personally don't feel your hands fall just from bad habit I feel they fall because your arms are you're you're, you're, tired you're actually just knackered and you could just see the look on his face. It was almost as though, you know, he was willing this whole thing to be over in the first because, you know, him looking at Herb as though, you know, Herb, aren't you going to do anything here? That he wanted out. He wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he it was like he wanted <laughs> out. Now, as I said, he, he expended a lot of energy in that fight in just the first round because, you know, I personally thought it was extra lifting Stipe so high above his head and like just holding on to him like he was some kind of small child. Obviously, that's got a that's got a wear and tear on your body and your cardio as you're, you know, you're lifting quite a hefty weight. But the thing is this, you could just physically see as the fight actually um, rolled on towards the latter round. He was definitely gassing.
1: Yeah, he was starting to fade. And I think Although he does well in five-round fights and he does win, you can just see him kind of fade a little bit and I think with the combination of fading and being overly cocky, he lost. Mm. And I think this goes back to Phil's portion of the the question. Did did DC lose mental focus? Yes. The combination of losing mental focus, coming in with your hands down because you're cocky, because you you, you beat up Stipe before, so now you think you can eat all his shots. You're coming forward with your hands down, and you're running out of breath. Stipe picks up on it, starts hitting the body, because what does the body, when you hit the body, what does it do? It takes the breath out of you. It was brilliant. But yes, I do think, and I I don't even want to touch the age thing. You know, I, it's like when fighters get older and, and but they're still doing well, I, I leave the age thing alone because they've obviously figured out th- what they can do as an older fighter to keep winning. So I never want to touch that because this man was undefeated at heavyweight and he's only lost to John Jones before this fight. So I don't touch his age. But yes, I did see an issue with mental focus, like Phil mentioned, and that um, cardio and it, it wasn't working for him. And that's why he lost. If you ask, me. but
0: that's just it. I, I hear you and your respectful approach in, you know, what not wanting to touch his age. But that's why I was really, really careful mm-hmm. to include it because I really do feel it's a oh, factor. Yeah. When you get older, you slow down. Yeah. Your cardio just just can't hack the, the relentless pace that a younger man would put on you. And it was definitely and evidently on show on Saturday. Question
1: about that. When an older fighter can circumvent that. And still win. What's the issue? Mm. That's how I see it. Because let, hypothetical speaking, hypothetically speaking, if DC had beaten Stepe, would we be talking about his age?
0: Um. Yes. Ah. Because again, it would definitely be a factor. You're, I would be marveling at forty years old, just as I was marveling at uh, Yo Romero's forty and change mm. years. I, I personally am in awe of anybody in their 40s still doing what they're doing right. as an athlete. Right. And, you know, it would definitely be in the mix in terms of um, on the table in terms of their conversational piece, because it is a factor. Most people retire before they are 40 in um, mixed martial arts. Oh, yeah. I and mean- most people are hanging them up round about the, the late 30s. Oh yeah. Now,
1: Sometimes mid thirties. People were talking about the fact that Diaz was like thirty-four and hadn't fought in three years. And I was like, damn, we're already talking go. about age, he's mm. thirty four. Mm. Yeah. I me personally I respect when the older fighter like um can circumvent whatever's the issue. Like for instance, when I was younger I could run long distance. As a you know, I was a fast runner, excuse me. But then as I yeah. aged, I was really good at long distance running but could no longer sprint. And you know that you're circumventing your athleticism, and I I quite yeah. often see that with fighters. So I don't touch on age too much because I'm like, if you making up for it and you still winning and you old as fuck, I ain't got shit to say. Good for you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that that's just me, you know. Let's um let's stick to this. Um, we got time for one more. Yeah, definitely. Okay, good. Let's stick to this Steep ADC theme because I remember I had to kind of hush you to to talk about retirement and blah, blah, blah. So let's do a question from Canada. Another one of my favorites, Kimberly Sands Cartier from Canada, Baroness Burley, Mm. love her, polite, smart, and a great, great follow. She said, Stipe had to wait over a year to get his rematch despite being the longest um, and most reigning and defending champ at, at heavyweight. Given that, should DC get a rematch right away, and also, or should DC retire?
0: As I mentioned, I'm not one to, you know, call on a fighter to retire. Same. I wouldn't want to see that rematch. I feel DC, as I mentioned, has done so much. He's accomplished um, more than, you know, your average fighter who, you know, is still keen to show that, you know, he has more to offer. He doesn't have to do any of that. I think for me, the key and the most important thing is, you know, he's taken it back to his family in terms of what decisions are going to be made. But I think the writing was already on the wall in terms of him actually checking out. Um, because if I'm right in recalling this, to drop down to Light Heavyweight, for example, mm-hmm. and fight john jones i'm sure he was talking about something in the region of 10 million dollars that he wanted to be paid so so for me in my mind he'd already kind of checked out because i personally don't really do believe that you know that was ever going to be on the table right but (laughs) I i i think i think for me that the key thing about you know where he should be going next does actually lie with that conversation with his family but If you wanted to ask me deep down, what do I really feel? I think that he has nothing else to prove.
1: Ah, I think your answer is from a fan's point of view. And I, even though I don't know DC, I just feel like, remember, I touched up on this before in the earlier segment. I just feel like someone as cocky as him that came out and fought like that is just not going to settle for one and one and to be knocked out in that type of fashion. I just don't think that's gonna sit with him because it's not just cockiness. I think he's a hell of a competitor, and I don't think he's gonna be able to sleep at night knowing that Stipe, they are tied. I mean, look—he did it with John Jones. He went for him twice. You know what I mean? And and sometimes he he even mulls over the doing it again. There are there are articles and statements of him like, eh, you see, he wants to for ten million, he'll do it. You know what I mean? So I think like, yeah, I think. I'm so happy he's going to go home and discuss it and make the right decision hopefully because it like me and hopefully. you yeah like me and you said it's none of our business to tell any fighter even like a Diego Sanchez or a BJ Penn it's none of our business we don't fight we not in their pockets mm. but mm. I do think that he's going to want to Fix his legacy. He's gonna want that back, which is kind of foul because I could see him beating Stepe and then like vacating the belt, which is fucked up and just not cool. But I think with somebody with such an ego, um, he'll do it. And as far as should he get the rematch right away, um, I think Stepe should be petty. And not give him the rematch right away because you saw <laughs> no like yeah because I'm petty too and if I could I I just wish I could switch places with Stepe and just turn into the king of the heavyweights and be like no you shall wait I'll take Francis <laughs> just like you wanted me to wait when Brock um, was on the table wait bitch mm. that that would be me if I was Stepe but Stepe seems like a really nice guy. And also a competitor. He's probably going to want to be like, let me shut this up. Let me shut the- everybody up and beat him again. But my answer is, they should be petty, like me, and, and make that aging man sit down and, and, and do another fight <laughs> camp and get older and then whoop his ass and be petty because that's what I would do. So, but, we, wow. but I'd watch it. I'd watch a trilogy because the fight was competitive as hell and it was fun and I'd watch it again. And you never know what's going to happen at heavyweights. You just never know. Look what happened in the last fight. Daniel was winning. Boom. And he was knocked down the fourth round out of nowhere. And I could watch that again. Who knows who wins the next mm-hmm. time, you know? I he. Yeah, yeah. So let's see what's um, next on the agenda. I think I'm running out of questions, Mike. They, they um, What do you think?
0: I suppose now is a, is, a, is a real opportune time then to wrap up the show with Motherfucker of the Week.
1: Oh, boy! Mm. This is your favorite segment
0: <laughs> <laughs> i i I always look forward to this segment now. I love this segment. oh, I mean, <laughs> always making trouble. that's the strap line yeah,
1: but the thing is with the trouble is that my Twitter page is trouble, you know, so it's just kind of like here we go again, but I don't mind because I do quite enjoy putting people on blast and being honest about how I feel, and I feel like yeah. a, and and before I, I reveal who this person is, I would like to say that one of my followers listened to the our last show and tweeted, thank you, Michael and Gina, for discussing cyberbullying, especially when it pertains to women, because Gina, you are 100% correct. Some of these guys are scaring us. And I was like, okay. yes. And um, it was Pixie, I can't remember her name off the top, but she tweeted it and I retweeted it and she was like thank you for addressing that and men need to know that sometimes you're scaring us when you attack us or you take our profile picture and you make memes about us because we simply didn't respond or blocked you so thank you for that and this is why I do enjoy this segment
0: so you see that's given me a real insight because my default when you know I think I touched on this in the last podcast but I don't really give them the oxygen which they thrive on. When you actually address people, especially online, it's almost as though, yay, this is what I wanted. This is, you know, the the, the, the the trolls out there. This is what I wanted, and that's how they thrive. Shut them down by basically giving them no oxygen.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I Michael, I try to do that when I block people. I have no patience for the name-calling, the constant arguing, um, the racial slurs, the, the homophobia. I just hit the block button and you're out of my online experience. But for some reason, when I block people, I cause a ruckus. And I have like a support group out there of men that are upset that I blocked them. And I really wish they would get wow. over it and move on. Because when... Well, a few of them have actually
0: approached me. I was just about to say. Why have me? Yeah.
1: And that... And, that is ridiculous because it's like, you've become my Twitter lawyer. Guy Shook is my Twitter <laughs> lawyer. I have a few of them. I have a few of them. Like sometimes when I block people, I have to contact my, my homeboy, Guy Shook, and be like, be prepared. This person's going to contact you. Michael, this person might come to you. And then and, and I sit back and I think to myself, this is ludicrous. It's nuts that people get this upset. Do you know that I'm such a loud mouth on Twitter and so opinionated that some people are just like, bitch, I don't want to hear another word you got to say. And they block me even though they've never interacted with me. And guess what I do? Thank you, y'all, for being mature about not wanting to hear any of my opinions and not liking my content and doing it like an adult.
0: And that's what the block button's for. Exactly. use it. So when I
1: do it, that's not what happens. Everyone gets upset. And then you have these men going in. So let's discuss one of them, Michael. Our mm-hmm. motherfucker okay. of the week, our garbage person of the week, is someone named mm. Marty from Funkytown. And he is located at Dun Dada Nada. And you are a big nada. And... The reason why he's a big nada is because, Michael, do you remember when I went on vacation in Malta in, um, Yeah. what's it called, in it July?
0: Pictures, you oh, that.
1: yes. Yeah. Malta was a dream. I highly recommend everyone to go. Now, mm. this person that I just mentioned lives in Malta. And when he saw that I was posting in Malta, he was like, I have it right in
0: front. He hit you Oh,
1: yeah, you know it. And guess what? He was a nice young man. Oh my God!
0: okay he
1: He welcomed me to malta I'm, I'm looking at it in my phone right now. He told me he was mm. close by. He told me that my hotel was close to where his children were, were went to school. He gave me travel tips on Malta because when I showed up to Malta, they were having this fireworks show, and I didn't know. so it sounded like I was in Beirut from,
0: from like whoa 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 stop, stop the press. This man has children, so he is a proper adult. Yes, he's a highly functioning adult. Oh yes, adult.
1: and and not just that, we exchanged first names. I told him my name because he was so nice. I said my name is Gina. How are you? And thank you for the, mm. for the the travel tips. He even told me about why fireworks were being blown up in Malta from sun up to sundown. I really felt like I was like in, at war, and it was like, what is going on? That's a whole other story. Yeah. But he walked me through it. He was like, Gina, you're in the middle of a festival. I said, this guy is so nice. Then. He said to me, let's meet up for coffee. Because he was so nice and we exchanged names, I didn't mind. But the problem was I had booked so many tours, I couldn't meet him, and I told him that. Ah. And he was like, that's okay. You're on vacation, I understand. End of story. I go back to the States. Lo and behold. Sounds like a perfect gentleman. I, I liked him. I have no issues with him. I'm chilling on Twitter. I get screenshots of who? Marty and the support group of people that I've blocked saying horrible things about me. I couldn't wow. believe it. I've never argued with Marty. I've never, ever, ever, you know, had a Twitter debate with him. And it was just shocking to see, like, screenshots. I'm, I have it in my phone right now. I'm a moron. Um, how come she didn't? She she was friends with someone for a year, and then and then you know she didn't. Blah, all this stupid little high school drama, and then somebody yeah. else referred to me as a giraffe. He laughed. I'm a, I'm a giraffe, Marty. I'm, I'm a moron. But meanwhile, Marty, you wanted to meet me for coffee. So I'm, th- yeah. I'm thinking that because I didn't meet him for coffee, his little ego, his feelings got hurt and then he jumped on this bandwagon. And I just want to say I blocked you for that because you're fake. And I'm so glad I didn't meet you because again, what are you, a serial killer? You hop in my DMs, tell me your real name, tell me your children uh, are close to the hotel. I know where you live in Malta. We have a beautiful exchange. And then you go on a thread and you call me a moron. You compare me to an animal and you make fun of a picture that someone cyberbullying and get your ego in check. I didn't meet you for coffee because I was busy. And that was, that was just well, fucked up, saying. Michael.
0: The thing that kind of is baffling about this is the age of the man. See, in my mind's eye, when I think of the average troll, when I think of the average it's somebody who hasn't achieved an awful lot in life, who is basically sitting in his mom's basement with not much to do because he's not got a job. But I suppose the key thing lacks the emotional intelligence and maturity to operate as a fully functioning adult. So that's the only reason why I would be very, very concerned about this particular individual over um, some of the motherfuckers of the week who have actually come forward previously. But
1: that's why I'm glad we never met. He wasn't the typical, like, you know, keyboard warrior or some young jerk that just wants to hang out. I I don't know. It kind of scared me, and again. Mm. Women hit up my DMs like, "Why did women start to give me tips on Gina? Don't meet any of these people unless you're in public because of Marty. How do you go from like being the sweetest, nicest person with travel to and I, he initiated this, by the way. I didn't hit him up. I didn't know he was. Fr- ah. I didn't know he was from Malta. I just know he's Marty from Funkytown. He showed up in my yeah. DMs, helped me with travel tips. We exchanged first names. I'm and, and I'm gonna be polite enough not to expose his first name, but I know his first name, where his children, yada yada yada. And then you turn around yeah. and you call." me a giraffe and a moron and a racist. And, and then you gossip about me on a thread. Females, again, women hit me up and was like, thank God you never met him. Who the hell does that? Who initiates mm. trying to meet you and then talks about you like this? And then the, my favorite part of this story is that I blocked him because that was kind of yeah. scary. I don't know if you're the Craigslist murderer or if you're just a fake piece of shit. So I blocked him for it because I don't mm. want you in my online experience. He contacts you and says him and the other men that have been blocked no longer want to support the podcast. Get
0: the fuck out of here. Ah, oh, that was him. Come on,
1: Michael. Okay. On. Grow up. Grow up. And take accountability. I'm so sick of people calling me names and and, and all because I'm opinionated, all because like if you argue with me, I argue back. And and then now Mm. and then when you're out of line and you call me the N-word or you do things or you take my picture and I block you, now I'm the bad guy. Whatever happened to taking accountability? You were not nice to me, so I blocked you. Someone sent me a screenshot of you talking about me, so I blocked you. I am not a public servant anymore. I'm not a cop. I don't have to protect and serve. If I don't want you on my motherfucking page, then shall be it. You're no longer on my page. The Twitter right? Twitter don't pay me to entertain y'all. So how, yeah. how dare you be like, oh, what did he say? G is on a rampage of blocking people on Twitter. She's wow. insecure. It's a little sad she's off the Twitter rails. Who the fuck are you? I don't want you a part of my online experience. Get over it. And I'm not sad. I'm not insecure. You're sick. You tried to meet me, and then you said terrible things about me. I blocked you, even almost for my safety. And you think I'm Mm. not supposed to block you? All y'all think that y'all can say terrible things about me, make pictures of me, compare me to an animal, and then get upset when I block you? Get the fuck out of here. I'll block all y'all y'all keep doing that shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and the party continues. I'm I'm doing a fitness challenge, Michael, right now. I talk more. Yeah, explain about it. Yes, sir. So, wh- I'm doing a
0: f- Break that down. I'm doing a
1: fitness channel for those that um a fitness um I'm so excited! I can't even talk. I'm doing a fitness challenge because I am going to Thailand to train in Muay Thai. Wow. Yes, sir! Wow! I'm so jealous. Yes, and it's it's like a dream of mine, and so I've Incredible. I booked it. I'm going for Christmas break, and um, and then I picked a um. A training facility is called Retachi, and um, I'm gonna go there for Christmas holiday. Okay. But the thing about it is that I I'm so busy that I can't always work out consistently. But I have to get there yeah. in shape. There's no way I'm gonna be there out of breath and not keeping up with the group. Ah. So what I'm doing is I'm doing a challenge right now with push ups, and we're all gonna like make UFC bets instead of betting money. We're gonna bet push ups. We're gonna upload the videos, and I'm Love and it. I'm pairing people now. You're in there, brother, and mm. And we're having fun, and I'm organizing it all this week. It's taking time. If anybody's listening, it's taking time to put it together because of all the different time zones, Australia, yada, yada. So once I get everybody's responses, I'm going to pair people up, and I can't wait. And, and, and if this is a success, we'll up the ante. We'll change it to chin ups, we'll change it to burpees, you know, and I can't wait. <laughs> but, this is, but this is what I'm saying, wow. Michael. Like, this is why I block people. I don't want you a part of this. I don't want you a part of this. You don't deserve to like to hang out and have fun. And ever since I blocked Mm -hmm. all these people and I ignore them now. Remember how you told me don't feed them because I ignore them because I ignore them. My Twitter experience is now if you go on my page, it's mostly MMA. It's no longer Mm -hmm. like someone called me the N word. Look at this. Now it's mostly MMA. Now it's jokes, memes, and fitness challenge. And it will continue to be so without these 15 to 20 men that can't get over the fact that they were fucked up and can't take accountability for their actions and got blocked. Get over it and move on with your lives. I'm begging you.
0: Man. But, yeah, I'm loving that fitness challenge. I've got to admit, I'm kind of excited uh, to see who I've been paired up with. I'll, I'll, I'll take on anybody who you put in front of me, but I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. You know, anybody can get it. And
1: everybody's fitness, yeah, <laughs> that's how I feel. Like, I'm ready to go. I did push-ups today in the gym. I'm back in the gym getting my reps up. But everybody, you know, don't fret. You're going to be paired up with somebody that's at your level. That's what's taking so long. You know what I mean? Like, you know something? Go ahead. I'm...
0: I, I mentioned it on, on, on Twitter earlier, but I feel as though I might as well just take my L now. So I, I'm training for my L. So
1: Oh, don't go into paired it like
0: up with that. Me, the, the, uh, man, but my picks are so horrendous. So I know that, you know, I'm not going to suddenly have a, have a, have a, have a, a you know, winning streak just out of thin well, air. Well, you get into shape while you picks. eat
1: crow. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs>
0: that not, you're going to be pushing. <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah, there is that yeah
1: yeah and and then guess what all everybody that's involved is going to get me ready for thailand and then everybody who is just doing this because they're into fitness or need to get into it are going to enjoy this and we're going to upload like the silliest photos and you're going to tag me in them and your opponent and we're going to laugh we're going to laugh like we always do on my page Mm. and that's it
0: L- L- that sounds like a plan. Yeah, the
1: party continues. Whether, you know, when you're blocked, mm. you're, 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 you're not involved anymore. See ya.
0: Well, just before we wrap up, um, just so that people who aren't following you can follow you, um, what's your Twitter account My address?
1: Twitter account is G from Woe TV. That's And me. people,
0: if you're not following me already, I'm at Mike Woe TV. That about wraps up this episode. I have to say, as usual, I've had fun. I hope you've had fun uh, listening. And I hope you've had fun, G. Always. Participating, as always. And thank
1: you for letting me vent about these Twitter problems. And also, it's always a pleasure to talk to you about MMA.
0: Well, if anybody else does want to chime in, does want to continue any of the discussion points that we have started on this podcast, on the WOCast, you know where to get us on Twitter. Until next week, make some trouble. Always.
1: See you next week, mate.